titillates their senses, like sex and so on, or something really scary because they watch so many movies, they like to get scared and so on. But things that really matter in their own lives simply go through their head. It just doesn't stay there. It doesn't get retained there. And I think that's part of the conditioning process that Bertrand Russell and Aldo Huxley talked about. I think it's been very, very successful. Scientific indoctrination works very well. The media is all involved because that's what they're about. The media, remember, survives on advertising. It's not the stories they want to get out. It's the advertising. So they understand what makes you tick. It's essential. Back with more after these messages. through the matrix. Uh, just before I continue, I'll mention that uh, uh, the satellite went down in my house here last Wednesday, right after I mentioned the company, ExploreNet, the provider. And uh, I wasn't too happy with the, their service, and bingo, bang, down it went. And therefore, it took the whole weekend on a temporary Wi-Fi system to upload this stuff about two or three times the speed of dial-up. That's why the website's back up to scratch. The repairman for the satellite system just left the house about ten minutes ago. And my wallet's an awful lot lighter since the visit, believe you me. So this costs a lot of money. It costs money to keep just going because it's one thing literally after another, Monday to Monday. There's no weeks here for me. There's no weekends off ever for this. So I appreciate your help. And it's always the same people, always the same people who donate. And I know for a fact, if I started to put out the mystifying stuff that intrigues them, because they love entertainment, they'd be throwing the money at you and telling you, telling them what you want to hear. They titillate your senses into a land and a world where it doesn't matter what you think you learn, it won't change anything right here. Not a darn thing, except to make it easier for the controllers to control you, because they love it when you're off in some la-la land, looking into metaphysics, because you're not involved in this land, this world, you see? They love this. Who do you think promoted all the New Age stuff in the first place, and why? Why? Look at the old books by the masters of this system. The guys who helped design the present day that you're living in today. The Bertrand Russells of the world. The Huxleys of the world. The Wellses of the world. Because they knew exactly where they were taking the world and they kept saying they'd have to destroy the last vestiges of existing religion. But they also knew it was extremely helpful for rulers to have people believing in a particular religion so they would create one. And in the 1950s, in the, Royal, the, the Scottish Rite of Freemasonry's own magazine, which was called The New Age, that was the name of it, put out by the Scottish Rite of Freemasonry, the right of so-called perfection, just like the Albigensi. 
said they would bring in a new age. And I've mentioned before that Gorbachev, who was brought over from the Soviet Union as the president of the Soviet Union, to be a, a nice green man for the world, because don't forget the Green Party was set up in the Soviet Union by Madeleine Albright's grandpappy, a great pal of Stalin. To be the new religion, political system of the planet. Because they knew they'd have to create a religion that would go along with what they wanted to, to give us as socialism, a system where an elite live like no other elites in history have ever lived on the backs of all the minions beneath them. That's what socialism is. With a massive bureaucracy of well-paid fat cats and sellouts who will do anything they're told to retain their positions. Massive bureaucracies worldwide. And for the masses, there'd be a religion that would couple, like Gorbachev said, a form, a form of earth worship, where, as jumping back to Huxley said, that man would have to be dethroned from his special position as a special type of life form, and you're down amongst the animals, and what do you do when there's too many animals? What does the Ministry of Natural Resources do? They kill off the excess. Well, that's what socialism today is, coupled with the greening agenda. And where does the new age come into it? Everywhere. It's in it everywhere, because people need religion, you see. And when you take one away, it just pops up in another form. Therefore, the master is new to give us the one, to design one for us, which has been very heavily promoted since especially the 1960s onwards. Until it's now parts, it's the authorized world religion, the new age, the greening of the planet, coupled with the idea that the world's coming to an end if we don't obey the new gods of science. You see, these are the, new, the scientists are the new gods. And they're all rip-off merchants too. They exist on grants. That's how they live their entire lives, is on grants. If they're wrong in their theories and so on, they'd have to disband all of those groups, especially the United Nations, that live off the backs of us, maintaining this hype about global warming. Well, that's all coupled with this big gimmick that we're living through, as they change society from one form of living to another. And under the guise of the greening agenda, it's a totalitarian, worldwide system called governance. Governance, not government. Because it's a new type of ruling the people. That's where panels of experts and scientists, etc., etc., that are unelected, will simply tell the politicians what to do. And that's happening. They're all appointed to every board, every parliament, every congress across the planet, these unelected scientists with NGOs to back them, non-governmental organizations. That's a new system. And governments have had the same problems all down through the millennia, whether it was kings or queens or tyrants or whatever. It's how to get the people to... to work for free their entire lives and how to stop rebellions and how to make the people slave for free and be happy with that now Huxley was a guy who said 
himself who said that the people, if they use pharmacology on the public, coupled with psychology, that's propaganda via the marketers who understand the advertising, who understand the media, but they are the media today. Everything out there in the media has a political agenda. They call it raising public awareness. When you hear that term, you're being told that this is the mandate and that you're going to parrot that one day. Whatever the mantra happens to be, it's going to become part of your conversation and you will accept this mandate because your consciousness has been raised. I call it erasing because if you'd think for yourself, you'd realize it's all a con. When they go out about and, and tell you they're raising public consciousness, they don't give you a choice, do they? To give a choice to people, you have to give them the whole story with all of the facts on any particular topic and let the person decide for themselves. We have a mountain of one-sidedness today. A mountain. No other opposing mountains, just one megalithic mountain. It's giving us all the spiel that comes across the mainstream media that parrots all back to us until we were all parting as well. This is, this is the, the techniques, they call it, the techniques of indoctrination, which are used perfectly today, perfectly, by mainstream media. And it's been that way for an awful long time, coupled with the fact that every new raising of public awareness starts with the school children. That's called indoctrination and idealism for those who don't know that. When governments are indoctrinating children into a form of idealism, that is not what you normally take for granted as being given an education. That's being given an indoctrination. When you bring politics and agendas into the classroom, you are no different than any totalitarian society in history. No matter how you try and justify it, no matter what nice phrases you use, like it's for the common good and the welfare of all, etc., evil is always dressed up as a beautiful thing. Because most folk, 80% of them, believe that the front facade of the cake, as soon as they see it, they can't get any further, unfortunately. And when Bertrand Russell said in the 50s, the 1950s, we shall have to bring Madison Avenue on board because they understand the techniques, the Bernays techniques of making you do things you wouldn't normally do or make, making you want things you not, normally wouldn't even buy. Advertising is a faith system, a faith-based system. That's what they sell you is hope. Hope. Everybody goes up through the same milestones in life at certain ages. You hit the certain milestone and you worry about this, you worry about that, and there's the marketers ready to hit you and clean you out by selling you hope. And for every fear they can drum up, they'll sell you a bunch of hope to go with it. And it never fails. Today it's the whole greening agenda. And everybody in the media is on board with it. 
save the planet, but it's going to cost you. We're going to make it sure it goes green and stays green. We've got to stop global warming. We've got to stop terrorism. But you've all got to give up all of your rights in the process to do so. It's the mantra. Government is taking us, as I say, where government has always wanted us to go. That's why Orwell mentioned it in Animal Farm, where the humans say to the pigs, we've been trying to get the animals to work forever for free. You've done it successfully. Congratulations. Back with more after these messages. through the matrix as I say there's very few programs out there that doesn't have a spin or some other object to take you to I'm not taking you into a religion I'm not fronting as I say for a non-governmental organization and believe you me there's lots of sites out there websites well funded websites where if you simply look at what they're doing and what they're complaining about using the same kind of topics that I bring up their goal is socialism so regardless of it they're all on the same path of globalism and socialism and it can be very deceptive for people who don't know what they're getting into when they look up all of these different websites just look at where it would take you that's all you have to look at and look into who funds them and who their contacts are and their fellow NGOs and all the rest of it it will tell you all you need to know. As far as I'm concerned, you can't, you can't trust any of the big religious guys out there because it's been well publicized in all major media and exposés since the Bush regime got out that uh, they brought them all on board. Their top pastors and ministers were all on board with the war agenda. And their job was to bring their flocks along. That's why it's so beautiful remember reading a lot about communism and how they loved existing organizations with lots of followers because all they had to do was put someone in as a helper who'd worked their way to the top and now you're in control of thousands, maybe even millions of people because you see, followers are, are that. They're exactly that. They're followers. And they used the big religions massively trying to convince the public and their followers that uh, this is God's will. All these ongoing wars, etc., are as God's will. I've seen Christian, supposedly Christian sites, where people are talking about going to war for Jesus. Can you believe it? Do you wonder why outside of the U.S. the people are scratching their heads when they hear that kind of stuff? How on earth can people be so brainwashed by politics and leaders that they bypass supposedly their only leader and ignore what their only leader ever had to say. It's astonishing. And it works. On the weekend, I watched a disc. It was called Control Room. And it went through the... I hate to even call it the war 
in Iraq because to me it wasn't a war. If it was a war, it was awfully one-sided. From, and it was done from inside the control rooms of Al Jazeera. And you, you, heard, you saw them speaking with the PR man for the U.S. government and all the rest of it, the military guy. And how they explained propaganda and how it works on both sides, etc., etc. But you see, the first thing that struck me was the way it was presented to the Iraqis to just for Saddam is to accept that. Now, if, if you're a bunch of, supposing you went into some, because folk realize or recognize movies today, they can't think, because they don't read history books, so they can't think about history except what comes from movies. So we'll, let's liken this to ancient Rome. Have you ever seen people going in to bring a democracy into a people and telling them they're going to get bombed all to hell if they don't give up the guy who's dominating them. It's like saying, we're going to slaughter all the Romans if Caesar doesn't run away. And yet that's exactly what Rumsfeld and Bush did. Now remember, Rumsfeld and Cheney and so on were students of Leo Strauss, who actually was a Nazi, a Nazi Jewish guy. Lots of them came over before the 40s who believed in eugenics, and they truly believed. I've got a whole bunch of the names of the people who were involved and eugenics, who simply left uh, Nazi Germany when they realized that uh, they were also on the list. They didn't expect to be on the list, these guys. And Strauss came to the States and taught at MIT. And he taught guys like Rumsfeld and Cheney into a basically Nazi-type... So remember, Nazism is socialism, doctrines. And Strauss believed that things were very clear-cut, black and white. He loved gun smoke. He loved to watch gun smoke because it was, here's a bad guy with a black hat and, and here's a good guy who wears a white hat. It was that simple to him, you see. And when you get back to what happened in Iraq, this new American century group that we're all members, all members of, with Strauss man at the top as the big guru, they literally said, and it broadcast cast this on the air, you'll, you'll see it broadcast in that movie control room. Uh, Saddam's got two days to get out of town right out of the westerns right out of the westerns and so here's a people supposedly dominated by a guy who's, who, who's will slaughter them if they don't obey so they're going to free these people and bring them democracy by telling the guy who's dominating them to get out of town if he doesn't they'll slaughter the people what ridiculous there's no logic involved in this at all then I transposed it the idea hit me I said now look what's happened since 2001 this very fortunate event with 9-11 and the towers because they could never have kicked off this totalitarian phase of the agenda without it couldn't have been done and by God, have we really gone along with this as we get entertained to death? Back with more about this after these messages. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth.
the control room video to do with uh, how it was in the Al Jazeera headquarters during the Iraqi uh, invasion, invasion of Iraq, I should say, how things really went. And what was interesting, too, was when they talked to some of the American troops who were captured, these young guys, of course, they're all gung-ho to go off and, and play soldier. And that's what they are, because young guys don't mature till much later in life. Uh, one minute they're, they're chasing around trees and going bang, bang, you're dead. The next minute they're dressing up just like the video games and just like their heroes in the movies, the tough guys, with real weaponry. And that's as far as they think. They don't, they don't think beyond that. So they ask these, these POWs, why are you here? Why are you over here killing us? And one guy said, well, I was told to come. I thought, what a great excuse, you know. I was told to come here. It, it kind of made me think of the bulk of the population in all countries that put up and go along with everything that's done to them by governments. Who just tell you to go and go, go, and, and you go. And why were you here? I was told to come here. Another one who'd learned his, his lines well through the, the very fast indoctrination they get, he said he was there to, to spread democracy. And that's what the guy said to him. You're killing people. So the option for democracy is we'll, we'll kill you unless you accept democracy. And I thought about it too, that, that this young soldier obviously hasn't a clue about democracy because he would have asked a simple question, do we have that back home? And the answer would obviously be no. So a form of indoctrinated madness, and that is what you have in brainwashing, works very well, incredibly well. That's what you'll hear coming out of brainwashed people in controlled situations is they're downloading. They'll answer you according to what they've been downloaded with, and they haven't thought beyond that download, believe you me. And to all the other ears around them, it will sound weird, their, their, their answers and their excuses, but to themselves, because of their indoctrination, it sounds correct. We've heard this before, the same kind of stuff, at the Nuremberg trials. I was just doing my duty. I was just following orders. And you know, even Martin Luther King said something, a few things actually that were poignant, but he said, no one should obey an unlawful order. And no one should obey laws that were unjust. Unjust. As we go deeper and deeper into this very well-planned, worldwide, socialist agenda that's been worked out for a long, long time by the Fabians and all the other foundations that work with them. The parallel government, as it's called by those inside of it, sometimes openly. As we go deeper and deeper into it, a strange thing happens. People, those who are, are more 
easily conditioned by propaganda will immediately succumb to the propaganda. They'll, they'll start parting global warming without even checking a thing out for themselves. They'll, they'll start spying on each other or if their neighbor is watering the, the, the grass because they're saying uh, in America and Canada where it's poured all summer long, uh, do you know there's people in Africa not, who don't have enough water? And you're supposed to cut back watering your lawns in Canada where it's rained all of June and July for the second year in a row. See, what I'm saying is logic doesn't work, doesn't come into the equation of brainwashing. Doesn't need to come in. People were literally, that's why they could write thousands of years ago when they wrote Revelation in the Bible. And believe you me, it was the Gnostics that wrote that part. In typical Gnostic language. When they talked about how, how people would turn on each other. Why was that? And even children would turn on their parents. Why was that? It's because it's been, it's been done before in ancient times. This, these techniques were known in ancient times. The world's a very, very old place, you know. And kings and tyrants have been around for an awful, awful long time. And when one tyrant goes down, there's a whole staff of bureaucrats and advisors move to some other tyrant and give him the inside scoop on how to dominate the public even better. These are old sciences, old, old sciences, because they understood and understand today how the general public think. Terrible, isn't it? Most folk don't know they're brainwashed. That's, that's the beauty of it. The ones who are brainwashed don't know they are brainwashed. There's ads on Canadian television now from Greenies, paid for by the government now, who come on and tell you, as they, as they stand next to a lake, that the world, the world is running short of water. And with the massive increases in, in, in population expected by 2050, there's going to be massive problems. And you look at these young people uh, that have come straight through school into college, parting this, and all that's missing is a swastika on the back, on the arm, the armband. That's all that's missing. Or the hammer and sickle. Because, you see, they've already had the ideological indoctrination, and it works. It works perfectly well. And one day, one day, perhaps, after they've slaughtered enough people on the planet, they satisfy the bloodlust at the top of those who pretend they care as they want to kill us off and admit, and admit they want to kill us off perhaps one day there'll be other trials and these people are, who are not ads today was well I was only doing my job I was only doing my job how many surgeons out there paid for by the United Nations and all the NGOs under their umbrella group under family planning. How many of them could stand up one day in court and say, well, I was only doing my job as it sterilized thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people? The sad part of it is it doesn't seem to matter what time of history. There's always plenty of them will, will, will go up there for the job. There's no end of people who'll do anything for a paycheck if it's authorized. I've talked about these experiments before and I've proven it in the States. It's on my website, the links to the videos on, on the guys who 
tested out electric voltage shocks on supposedly volunteers to find out that those who will administer the shocks will, will, will give them lethal doses if it was real, as long as someone in authority tells them to do it. Takes the can, you see. They'll do anything. Someone asked me years ago, aren't you scared of ghosts, Alan? I says, I'm more, more scared of the living. Ghosts never hurt anybody. It's the living you got to be scared of. And by that, I mean people that seem to be, to be classified as normal, decent people. What does that mean? They follow the present cultural norms. They'll offer you a second cup of coffee. They'll ask you if you're okay. These are the same people who could be turned so quickly into ratting on each other like they're doing in Britain and elsewhere. Because they're brainwashed and they cannot think for themselves. They can't think through any particular problem or topic and they will never check up on any topic for themselves. They're quite content with the media and political opinion. That's the scary part of the world's And the only hope there is, the only hope, to be honest with you, is within the U.S. itself. That's why I think it's going to get hammered more than any other country. They still have a memory, a memory at least, of having rights. The rest of the world really doesn't have that. But in the U.S., people are less complacent. They'll complain about things if things are wrong. Right down to service, right out down to what they buy in stores. They're not afraid to get in the face of someone and demand that they get a decent product or whatever it is. In places like Canada, people stand in, in lines like cattle and never complain about anything. The only time in Canada folk complained en masse is when the pensioners found out that when they were declassifying their TV through cable, they would lose their, their cheap systems that had a benefited system because they were elderly. That was the only time in Canada that I remember there was, a, there was massive uh, emails, letters, phone calls going into Ottawa, the parliament, on a, on a, a one time basis. Nothing's ever happened. I think they could do anything to Canadians and they just grin and bear it. It's almost like they've got more of a colonial indoctrination of the British system than the British people themselves. And they just accept it because they tried out to see the system of socialism with little variations across the British Empire little variations to see what works the best and the easiest. And Canada has been used as one of their main tools and examples for an awful long time. And after getting on about Bush and his crew, don't think there's a difference between Obama. Obama is just the one who takes over and carries on the same agenda and notches it up a little bit, pushes the envelope. That's his job. This agenda 
is only one agenda that can only be one. That's what they say in all their sci-fi movies. There can be only one. There's only one agenda. It was decided an awful long time ago. And as Professor Carl Quigley said, it doesn't matter who you vote for, the top boys all belong to the Council on Foreign Relations. It doesn't matter, you see. Guaranteed, that's why they're pre-selected. The characters that put up for you to vote for. It is no different than the Politburo system of the ex-Soviet Union. Who do you want to vote for, Politburo member? One, two, three, or four. Here you have World Socialist, one, two, three, four, how many? It's the same thing. It's one world agenda. And it's not going to be a nice, happy place where it's crossing hands across the sea. And we shake them and all accept each other. That's got nothing to do with it. It's a dominated system, dominated by a few, designed a long time ago. And the whole world is to be standardized. No favorite countries. No favorite countries. And any president or prime minister since they signed agreements in California to do with the United Nations, about 46 or so, no one has stood up for the people. Because they all knew what was signed back then. They're all briefed on all the treaties that have been signed through the UN. And the UN was set up to become a front for global governments. You see? It's amazing how they can trot out the flags and the symbols of the tribe during election time. To make you feel like you've got a leader of your tribe. And once it's done and they're in, they're off signing agreements for the integration of the Americas and throwing money across the planet to other countries, etc., it's astonishing. And it works so well, so easy, isn't it? The tribal emblems. When, when the tribes were sold out at the end of World War II under the treaties of the United Nations, any country that backs out of it is called a rogue state by the UN. Every prime minister and every president since then knows this. They know this. I'll be back with more other oh, scholars. <clears throat> but as I say, that's, that's how it works. It's tribal emblems. And the only other time they trot emblems out is when they want you to go off to war. When they tell you that your freedom is being threatened by somebody you'll never see. Now, I'll take some callers now. And there's, um, there's Sean from Utah. Hey there, Sean. Hello? Hi, Alan. Yes. I uh, I just wanted to call in and put a plug for you. I don't donate as much as I should, but I I I do donate when I can, and I just want to encourage everybody to donate. And that's all I have to say. And I appreciate that. I appreciate that because it's the same people as I say that that do it over and over again. The same people. But again, that's symptomatic of the world we live in today, where where 90% will take and take and take, and they wonder why everything they have eventually is taken from them. And the big boys come down. And, it's, and they will come down. And there's, a, there's Dan from L.A. Are you there, Dan? Can you hear me? I'm here, yes. Alan. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, I'm going to make this a little bit personal. Um, I've been listening to you for a while now, and uh, um, read Morals and Dogma by Albert Pike. And um, uh, about six months ago, my sister told me that my grandfather was a 32nd degree Mason. And I went to my mother's 80th birthday party, and I asked her directly uh, if she was Eastern Star. And she said, yes, yep. as if it was she was in the Girl Scouts or something. And uh, mm -hmm. I just, my jaw, I, I couldn't believe it. I still can't. I still, I'm still in total shock mm -hmm. that uh, I'm of this system, not, not on the outside, not the UN or anything like that, but this close. So I guess, uh, and I've always, you know, I don't, like uh, them, <laughs> I don't like what they do. They um, they kill. That's what they do. My yeah. mother and father were always for every war. It didn't matter what war. They were always for the war, just perpetual. So I guess my question is: Is um, do you know uh, how um, somebody who was raised Masonic? Um, could be deprogrammed? Is there like a process? You know, it's so involved what they do, the yeah. rituals. Mm -hmm. um, how do I get out of this? Well, hold on and I'll, I'll maybe go into that when I come back from this break.
thought you just turn that technique on what they have with the world agenda that I've discussed for years. And when they say they want to depopulate and they want to sterilize from the Optimum Population Trust and Prince Charles, who's been advised by them, and all these top leaders and prime ministers and so on, you better believe that they're using, that they mean what they say. Just like they said, we're going to bomb the hell out of Iraq. They mean it. They mean it when they say they're going to turn every country upside down into a base, socialized, communistic system for the masses with so-called health care and everything else. They mean it and depopulate and give priority to abortions, vasectomies, and tubal ligations. They mean it. When they say they've got to bring you down as too many folk living too long, they mean it. And your food and your water through the inoculation, they mean it. It's not until you've been through a war you understand that the same governments that, that, that go out to slaughter and see minions beneath them, beneath the aircraft that they drop the bombs on, see us the same way. They mean it. And we allow it. Now there's Joshua from New York. Are you there, Joshua? Thanks for taking my call. Yes. Can you hear me? Yes, can, yep. Um, uh, it's been a couple of years since I've seen the, the movie uh, Control Room, but um, there was one part, and I think you were just kind of touching on it there, that uh, I found uh, to be the best example of us, the Americans, spreading democracy, and that was when the American warplane uh, was directly overhead, that brave cameraman who uh, lost his life, and uh, you saw the plane nose down directly over the, over the, uh, the building that the guy was uh, filming off of. I think that's the best example of us spreading uh, democracy. That's right. And as I said themselves, that was that the, the headquarters of the newscasters was deliberately targeted by Rumsfeld. Well, yeah. was- Thanks for calling. Well, from Hamish myself in Ontario, Canada, after a, a, an awfully busy last few days, it's good night. And may your God or your gods go with you.